Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. It was one one patient in particular that we had just discharged the week before, but she'd been there two weeks before that, and each time coming back in more and more disheveled. And through that, I seemed to be the only one I felt at that time that was aware of you know, they were called frequent flyer and it was tongue in cheek, you know, they're coming in for a tune up. And, you know, I really didn't believe that if they went home one more time, that she was going to make it back into the hospital. And that was the discovery process of really sitting down with the case manager and saying, walk me through, you know, she's discharged, what happens? Because you live in a bubble when you're taking care of patients, you live in the bubble that you're at, you discharge. And what happens outside of that is not your role of responsibility. And, and at that point, I took ownership of it. to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. This is Gavin Ward, co-host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's episode, co-host Zach Morgan and I were in Arizona, where we sat down with Angela Olea, founder of one of the nation's first senior living advising organizations called Assisted Living Locators. Angela has had a fantastic 2019. When we recorded in the late summer, she had just won the Visionary Award at Arizona's 2019 Most Influential Women in Arizona events. Um, And she's been highlighted on Franchising.com and a lot of senior living organizations, uh, websites, and just a ton of acknowledgement this year. With over 100 locations, Angela, who started this organization in 2003, has a big heart for seniors and has been very successful, not just on the care side, but also on the business side. In today's episode, we'll learn a lot about Angela and her team at Assisted Living Locators, and we hope you enjoy it. If you enjoyed today's show, folks, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. And of course, you can learn more about Pop Health Podcast at pophealthpodcast.com. Thanks, folks. Enjoy the show. So, Angela, tell us something about you that might surprise the audience. Maybe something your colleagues may not even know about you. One of the things that I grew up was uh, we're multi-dancing generation, uh, multi-generational dancing. So it's always been a part of, of the way we celebrate. And as of recently, as of two months ago, we were at a conference and there they called for a dancing competition. And I jumped right in and, and I have an award on my desk right now wow. for the uh, 60s dance contest. So, uh, you know, mother, daughter, everyone, all all the people in our family. It's just part of the celebrations that we do. Nice. So tell us about this. Con- what was this conference? It was a franchise development conference. So really bringing awareness to the franchise and helping recruit new assisted living locators, franchisees. Okay. What is your signature dance or like what's your, <laughs> what's your go-to? You know, I like oldies, but, um, and that was actually a sixties, but, um, you know what, any, any genre is honestly, it's, it's all about the, you know, just the mood at the time and, and where you're at. So we have one of your colleagues in the room with us today, Angelica, who's probably seen you dance. So Angelica, uh, can you verify that she's got some good moves? Yeah, she actually has some really great moves. She is a actually a great dancer, and she likes to booty shake here and there, and, <laughs> you know, get down. And she actually won first place at this conference, so it was uh, really fun and exciting to see. And she brings a good good vibe to anywhere we're at. 
Awesome. Thank you very much. And it was $100 and it was a a physical, it was literally an award that, um, that they handed out. So it was an epic honor of sorts. Little did you know that you would learn about dancing on today's show. So (laughs) the Scottsdale Phoenix area seems to have been your home for many years from what I can tell and getting to know you recently and um, reading about you. Did you grow up in the area? No, I actually, I have been here for many years, but I actually grew up in Savannah, Georgia, which is uh, on a little island called Wilmington Island, uh, as a matter of fact. And so I was born and raised there and moved out here and went to nursing school in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay, awesome. And what brought you out here to Scottsdale, Arizona, if you mind me asking? You know, honestly, uh, I was a teenager and followed, you know, followed a fellow. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wish I could say it was for other, but I, I you know, school was a part of that. But um, it, it was, uh, you know, I followed um, someone who was born and raised out here. Okay, great. And I do notice a little Southern twang if you pay a little close attention here. Mm-hmm. Does it come out more in the office when you're when she's around? No, honestly, um, most of the time you don't hear it. Okay, okay. Once in a while. All right. Well, we do feel the Southern hospitality when we come here. Uh, This is uh, my second time here in the office, and I always feel welcome. So it sounds like you may have brought that with you from Savannah, Georgia. Absolutely. Very good. So, Angela, when did you decide that you wanted to make the jump into healthcare? I was raised, my, my mother's a registered nurse, my grandmother, lots of healthcare in the, in the family. And I really didn't know when I went to college what I was going to, um, what I wanted to go into. But when I had my first child, that was something, the impact that the nurse made on me at that time was so impactful that I realized what a life changing and it, and it really came together from my mom to that point. And I knew immediately that that was what, you know, my intention and my purpose was going to be. Okay. And, and so obviously your experience as a nurse and do you mind just telling the audience a little bit, what, what did you do on the frontline nursing? Did you work in the hospital setting? Uh, What kind of nursing did you do? You know, actually, even prior to that, when I decided I was going to go to nursing school, I immediately began working as a nursing assistant before they were called certified nursing assistant. And I worked in nursing homes as I was going to school and also worked in the hospital, uh, what they called on call. So wherever there was a need, I filled the gap to why I continued going to college. And once I obtained my registered nurse, I worked at a level one trauma center right here in Scottsdale and worked on a cardiac floor primarily with seniors and just continued that. Yeah. And obviously that nursing experience played a lot into where you are today, um, but you're not a floor staff nurse anymore. So when did um, your ideas start to change that maybe uh, there was another path for you, and what kind of spurred that uh, that development? You know, I even want to back up. My father, as I mentioned, my mom was a nurse, and my father was an entrepreneur, and he always had a business. Um, and moving, uh, moving company was his business. But as a child, I was an entrepreneur. I always, you know, found ways to earn money and create, um, create ideas. And so that that part was always a part of of who I was. Um, and so with with being a nurse and doing that, the floor nursing, taking care of, of patients, it was through some frustration that, that actually turned into inspiration. And 
it was one one patient in particular that we had just discharged the week before, but she'd been there two weeks before that, and each time coming back in more and more disheveled. And through that, I seemed to be the only one I felt at that time that was aware of you know, they were called frequent flyer and it was tongue in cheek, you know, they're coming in for a tune up. And, you know, I really didn't believe that if they went home one more time, that she was going to make it back into the hospital. And that was the discovery process of really sitting down with the case manager and saying, walk me through, you know, she's discharged, what happens? Because you live in a bubble when you're taking care of patients, you live in the bubble that you're at, you discharge. And what happens outside of that is not your role of responsibility. And, and at that point, I took ownership of it. And each layer of that onion I peeled back, just I kept going deeper and deeper. And it was like an inferno. It just took, it was like a flame that just took hold. And it, it was with just like I knew that I wanted to be a nurse. It was the same thing. I knew that I wanted to help families be that navigator and be that matchmaker that I could be the person who helped guided them through, you know, what they were going through. So around what time frame was this that you started to have that mental shift from from floor nurse to the entrepreneur side of you coming out and kind of the origins of assisted living locators? I'd been nursing for about a decade. And when I started nursing, I was, um, you know, it, I was in my early 20s. And when I actually so it, it was about 10 years plus into um, being a nurse. And again, I wasn't somebody who I loved what I did. I was a nurse that if they were shorthanded on in, in the ICU, I would float around. I, you know, was never somebody who was bored um, with, with what I was doing. But this was a path that presented itself. And I knew immediately this was what I was going to do. I was going to take every layer of what I had learned um, in the past from nursing home to taking care of patients in the hospital to discharging and using that as a building block to do what I was going to do for the next phase, next chapter of my life. Yeah. And for those of us that are at least somewhat familiar in what the discharge process looks like and probably have some version of the story that you told just now, I mean, we um, come across those quote unquote frequent flyers um, each in probably our own, our own realms in different ways. But so there are a lot of different ways that you could have gone at that point to start making an impact. What drew you to the assisted living space and trying to match people up with the right, um, home to live in essentially? Being in Arizona, when, you know, I sat down with a case manager, one of the things that, that they showed me were a stack of brochures and it was assisted living homes. And I had no idea that a home and there were homes in every single neighborhood that uh, were licensed and took care of the elderly. And that just really sparked my interest. So Arizona was just a ripe opportunity for uh, that exploration. As I began looking and venturing out to go see those, again, it was something that for every door, it, there was nothing that, that it at any point said, no, this isn't a path. It was, oh my gosh, this is amazing. How do people learn about this? And, and so with each question opened up another door and another process and another opportunity. Yeah. Um, we get the question a lot kind of in our, in our other life, you know, we help with the in-home care and people talk a lot about how much is unknown for families that are coming into that without having a base of knowledge and some of the pitfalls that there can be versus, you know, with a private hire or going with an agency that's licensed and, um, 
your expertise is on the residential side. What are some of the pitfalls that families can unknowingly fall into? Like, what are the different levels of kind of assisted living? Are there ones that are, you know, licensed or certified or better than others? And how does, what does that landscape look like if a family is, is kind of venturing into this for the first time? It's like a, honestly, it's like a shoe. It's so unique to the individual that you've got to have everything from pricing. How long will their money last in that situation? Are they planning out for the next few years so that will they have to move again? Is it going to run out? Uh, Is that going to be the proper care? What are they looking for? What are the social aspects? Uh, What have they thought about the support of other extended family members? Um, Oftentimes they'll say, you know, I want my mom to be near her church, but the daughter lives an hour away and thinking that the church friends are going to continue to support. And so we really try to open up all the different aspects and deep dive into personal, financial, social support and help them navigate through the choices. And ultimately, it's up to them, but we want to provide them with a very educated, wide uh, array of options to select from. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to take a quick break here in just a moment. But before we do that, I do want to um, dive into what your business is now. So can you tell the audience before we go to the break and then we'll we'll kind of dive into what makes what makes you different afterwards, but what is assisted living locators and, and what do you do for families on a day-to-day basis? Assisted living locators is a matchmaker. We, on a day-to-day basis, take information from the family, do a detailed discovery of their needs, and as I mentioned there, their care options, and we carefully look at all the aspects. So we're going to provide them with resources if it's living at home in the least restrictive environment with the resources that will keep them there, provide a contingency plan for what what are options out in the community and to connect them with financial resources if they need to pre-plan ahead to help structure that. Um, but as an assisted living locator, we work with a family one-on-one to handhold and show them assisted living, memory care, or independent living options and help them guide, uh, help guide them through move-in to post, uh, see if they're adjusting to that, and then stay in contact throughout the years following that as a, a resource, staying in touch to see if their situation has changed, if they're happy with um, where they're at, and uh, just to continue to let them know that that's what we're about. It's not move in and we're done. It's we create the culture of we're an extended family and extended resource for them. And so how much of I know we actually were talking off air a little bit that that you're oftentimes meeting with families, driving them to different communities, matching them up, uh, being the matchmaker, as you had said. Uh, I think that people probably don't realize that there's the other aspect of that, which is being the expert on what's available in the area. So how much of your time do you spend uh, being the expert on different communities and what they can offer and then also being able to actually sit down with families and match them up? It's a it's a huge part of what we do. The research that that goes into you know, from looking at inspection reports to physically going to the property and discovering everything from a roll-in uh, shower, or do they have a tub bath? Do they have, what's their staffing? How long does it take when someone uses a call light? If they're on the third floor back hallway uh, and they need immediate assistance to go to the bathroom, can they wait six, seven minutes, or are they going to be a fall risk? So we help evaluate all of those details that somebody things to look at. Is it clean? Does it smell nice? 
you know, is it is it close right. and is it cheap or, you know, is it something that I can afford? And so we really take a look at matching with um, helping them really see every layer that they need to consider so that it can be potentially their last move um, that they have to make. Perfect. So we'll take a quick break and when we come back, I want to ask about a few things that set you guys apart. Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. All right, so welcome back. Uh, we're talking with Angela, uh, the founder of, uh, of Assisted Living Locators. And before we get into some of the things that have set your organization apart and uh, the, the success of which uh, is demonstrated in a lot of different ways that we'll talk about, the placement industry is something that has certainly become more publicized over the last few years. But is it is it an old industry? Is it is it something that has been around for, you know, on an official level for some time? Or is it more recent? Um, I know that you kind of took your own initiative based on your your um, experience as a nurse, but were there some paths for you to follow or were you really kind of blazing a trail as far as this industry goes? I, be- I started in 2003 and there were a handful of social workers and a handful of other people that were doing uh, assisted living placement. Uh, but as far as franchising, I was the first in the U.S. to create that national, to create that industry. So really, you were uh, you were really the trailblazer for what is now kind of, I guess, more in the common lexicon of people or families as they're trying to age, just like with things like non-medical home care or different services like that, that have really come to the forefront as more and more people are aging and either trying to age in place or trying to find the right place uh, to age. So you've obviously been able to set yourself apart and uh, the success of your company really uh, paints that picture. But what are the things that assisted living locators does that really sets it apart from uh, anyone else in the industry? Well, one of the things and why one of the reasons that inspired me to franchise was I quickly recognized as I began getting calls throughout the not only in Arizona, but throughout the United States, but I'll, I'll be specific to Arizona. It is there's over thousand properties in, in Arizona. And right now there are single placement agents that are out there and it's impossible to keep up. It's impossible to know all of the properties in different areas is as wonderful as intentions that they have. It's not going to be a full service to the, the seniors or their families. And so I recognized that quickly that I needed different people, uh, different resources that knew the areas like the back of their hands and continue to stay on top of it. And so that's really part of what separates us apart. Number one, the fact that I'm a nurse, the culture that we built was based on a service, a service to seniors, a service to do it better, a service to really uh, maximize uh, the benefits and help people live a healthier, better life. And so the culture is the family-like culture that I mentioned in, in the follow-up and, and our purpose, but then being uh, taking pride in, in knowing the properties in their local area and referring to other partners that they have that are a specialty in different areas. So that's truly, um, so there are other people that do placement, but 
if they are individual and they, and they cover the whole area, they really need to acknowledge that they focus in one particular area better than another and share that with a, the family mm-hmm. that they're servicing. Sure. And um, you are, are you pointed out something that we see all the time. I mean, not only are there already so uh, just such a large number of communities, it seems like there are new ones popping up almost every day. So this is a little bit of a, of a tangent, but I'm, I'm actually curious. Are you starting to see certain trends in some of the new buildings, like new amenities or things that are being updated from kind of what the older uh, maybe uh, amenities and, and services and things that the buildings maybe used to offer to, to some of the new ones that are opening up today? Absolutely. And, and I think we're going to continue to see the trend, especially as the younger aging people want and expect uh, different um, different amenities from the, from looking at it from the theater to motion center sensors that detect if, if they're not up at a certain time to happy hours that are being offered at communities, outings that um, really encourage them to get out of, uh, out of that community. But it's, uh, you know, lots of different changes that I'm seeing. And there may not be, but are there maybe one or two like amenity requests that you get more often than others from uh, families who are looking for residential options? You know, I it really is going to be so specific on on yeah. the the families that are seeking. Um, oftentimes, when we're working with a family, they're coming out of a healthcare setting, and it's really about um, location is probably the number one. They're really looking to be in a in a specific location. Uh, or it, at that point, it's care. Uh, it, so for us, um, you know, I would say that. Yeah, I would imagine by the time that uh, that uh, I'm ready to move into one of these things, though, there will probably be a bunch of amenities that don't even exist uh, in the current ones yet. So it will um, be interesting to see. I was going to guess like Alexa within the walls, right? Uh, <laughs> although I don't know if everyone wants to hear what's happening at all moments. But um, I wanted to ask you, this is a little bit of a tangent. Um, so when people think of like assisted living, senior living, sometimes they think of maybe like a six bed residential home within a, a neighborhood that you don't even know was a board and care or residential care facility for the elderly. And some people might think of these glorious looking buildings. Can you tell us a little bit about the range of senior living options that are out there and how do people pay for these communities? Well, and it's not available in all states, but luckily in in Arizona and in many of the states, uh, you do have that choice of the small residential care homes. And it is different houses nestled in all different price points of every neighborhood from your most modest to over-the-top extravagant gated community and those are licensed uh, by the state that have around-the-clock care and uh, with the larger communities the most extravagant um, you know that we're seeing on multi-acres that offer all the amenities from the independent living apartments to the assisted living also having a skilled care on that same campus should they have a an health decline and need urgent assistance and recovery time so lots of of broad spectrum and, and we're seeing a continued growth a boom and in, in the growth of, of both sides of it yeah yeah definitely oh sorry i just wanted to ask him how do people um, typically fund the care is it typically out of pocket are there 
like veterans benefits available? What? How does that work? It's a combination. And part of what the discovery that, that we go through is one of the first steps that we look at is, are they a veteran? Because that is such a, a wonderful benefit for the spouse or for the veteran themselves. And so that, that can be a part of what they pay. Primarily what we work with are those who are private pay. Uh, and certain states, Medicaid, if they have um, income requirements or if it's a spouse that has uh, an unhealthy spouse that's going to require the care, the Medicaid option may be a great route for them to help preserve assets for them should they need care. And so we go through everything from a reverse mortgage. Do they have life insurance? What are, we explore every nook and cranny for how will you pay for care or if they even have long-term care insurance. So those are all the different aspects, but it's, it's certainly something that we're not seeing a decrease in the cost. It, it, it is continuing to go up. You mentioned growth. I, uh, I'd actually like to, to take a look uh, for a moment at your own company's growth which has been really, I mean, nothing short of impressive. So you started, you had your one organization at first. It was, you know, you to start out. Where currently does assisted living locators cover? We are in 35 states plus the District of Columbia and have 116 locations all across the U.S. from East Coast to West Coast, North to South. And... That has not gone unnoticed. So I want to take uh, just a quick second. We are recording here in what mid uh, to late, no, I guess late August. And I'd like to point out that uh, not only is your growth happening, but people are noticing about it. So first of all, I'd like to give a congratulations. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what it means to you. But uh, Assisted Living Locators was on the Inc. 5000 list this year. Yes. Yes. Yep. Very proud of that. First time we've made that list. So it is a wonderful acknowledgement of, of the growth of our organization. Yeah. And then also there are some exciting personal uh, accolades that you just recently have gotten. Uh, as we record, you actually just uh, received a few of these awards last night. Uh, so first of all, let's touch on the fact for the reason you're at the uh, award ceremony to begin with, uh, you were named as one of the 50 most influential women in Arizona. So first of all, congratulations. But can you tell us a little bit about that award and uh, a little bit about what it meant to you? The award, it, it, it really was something that to be acknowledged with the other females um, and selected amongst over 2,000 women in, in Arizona with all different accomplishments and, and industry leaders was just an, an epic honor to be included in, in that group. And so it, it was uh bit of a surprise that um, I was included in that. And it, it was a wonderful acknowledgement of, of hard work that is finally culminating in, in, you know, that the award. Yeah. And so you're at the, the dinner, you've got um, close friends and colleagues and family around um, and you're chit chatting a little bit and they get to a section of the of the awards dinner that is going to recognize uh, six very special individuals. Um, at what point did your ears perk up a little bit that the description that they were giving started to sound uh, like you? <laughs> when they were talking about a pioneer in the industry and, and first in the space and being a founder, it, it really, 
it, it definitely started resonating that and looking, I looked at all mm-hmm. of the other women that were being honored to pay homage to them. And I knew from doing that discovery that what they were describing was, it could only be me. And so it was, it was quite the shock as, you know, as they were going through the, the description. Yeah. And so you won the, the Visionary Award as well, which was one of six special awards. So congratulations. Who were some of the other, uh, and you don't have to name specifics, but what were some of the other types of people that, uh, that were winning some of the awards? One of the outstanding achievement in leadership, uh, innovator, community champion, a trailblazer and rising star. And they it was a culmination of uh, one was um, from the Indian reservation and, and it just a, a wide variety from um, fries. Yeah, no, it's yeah. I think you had mentioned before that there was even a, a past Olympian uh, that was uh, that was recognized, too. So congratulations. That's a huge uh, that's a huge honor when you started assisted living locators. Uh, I know you had the entrepreneurial spirit, so you so you might have had a vision that it would grow to be something big. But initially, did you have this vision for it? Did you have you know 116 uh, locations? Did you did you see that as the the end game when you first started the company? I can't say that I did honestly. Um, you know, at each, at each phase, I was focused on when I get to my goal was 25. My goal was 50. Then last year it was by the end of the year to, to be at a hundred. And now I am, we could easily triple in size. We've got a map that we've got push pins on our map and taking a look at that. It, it, there's still so many underserviced areas all across the United States and, and the population is just booming and it, it, there's just so much room for growth. And it, it is something that, um, now my, the, the ultimate eyes, you know, are on, it being at 250, 300. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and so uh, you do franchise out the locations. When you first started, was that the plan? Did you know, of, like, were you a franchise expert? Uh, did you have that that would be the, the path forward? Or how did that aspect of it come along? Well, once I did the, the piloting and, and recognized that, that the path, there was only one true path, and that would be the franchising route, I hired a franchise consulting company, hired one of the, the strongest attorney groups in the U.S., and Jim Ullman was the attorney that I chose um, to work with back then. And then I, I inundated myself in, with the International Franchise Association and began surrounding myself with uh, best in class, met with CEOs of franchises, and just absolutely tapped into their knowledge to learn the good, the bad, and the ugly of what where do where do I go? <clears throat> what mistakes did you make? What wouldn't you do? And tried to really learn best practices and align myself with best in class. I would imagine that that was uh, an exciting and terrifying step, having the very first franchise and franchisee open. Can you tell the audience a little bit about one? How did the first franchisee come along? And then what what was it like opening up the very first other location of assisted living locators? It, it has been a learning opportunity each step of the way. And one of the things that I did, I had an opportunity, and, and this has reoccurred since then, but having an employee, somebody who followed the plan, had the vision, and showed strong work ethic, and did the right reason, and had purpose, and I 
I, my first franchisee was an employee of mine. And subsequently, I've had several other franchisees who started off as employees that uh, have taken the, the opportunity of the franchise path. And it has been amazing to watch their growth and grow into ownership, leadership, and um those are part of the, you know, helping uh, be leaders in our franchise organization. That is awesome. And I know those franchise owners are both men and women. The event we were talking about the other day was you winning uh, an award recognizing visionary women here in Arizona. And there's kind of been a push recently in our society to really emphasize uh, women being leaders and how women are leaders today. And I'm curious, how do you feel about this movement? I think it is about being breaking through barriers, especially, you know, being in, in the franchising world. Not only was I the first in this space, but in franchising, I was entering in at certainly a minority um, as a female trying to get a place at the table. And I've definitely earned my stripes when uh, when it comes to that. And so it it's it's about being empowering all people, but specifically, I think it's a motivator for women that it's self-limited business ownership is not being on the menu. And so seeing that, seeing someone coming from a working class and, and really aspiring and reaching higher levels has been a true motivator for other, other women. And we have about 55% of our franchisees are women and about 45 are, are males in, uh, in the organization. So it's a good mix. That is awesome. Well, on today's show, folks, we've heard um, about the success of assisted living locators and of Angela Olea. And we've really kind of learned a lot about her business side. Um, But one thing I really want to highlight as we wrap up the show today is the caring side that she has as well. Um, I personally have not known Angela for that long. And one of my very first interactions um, was actually as a result of a post that I did Um, Some of you may know that my brother-in-law unfortunately passed away at a young age recently. And uh, he and my my sister um, didn't have a ton of money. So when he was diagnosed and was at the end of life, we did a little little campaign to try to raise some funds to help the family. And Angela saw it and contributed. And I barely even knew Angela and never worked with her. And she didn't send me a note, say, hey, send us referrals, anything like that. Like there was... Like there was none of that. There was, she just wanted to help. And I was very impressed. Um, I, I apologize. I don't think I even like, maybe I sent you a thank you note. I don't even know. Um, and if I didn't, I'm sorry, but uh, this is it. I, I've interacted with her since, uh, uh, but it was really neat. And one thing we hear in business, um, my day job, we use a motto called care and compete. And in healthcare, you know, hopefully all of us are here because we want to make a, a positive impact on people's lives. And while today's show kind of focused on the growth of assisted assisted living locators and how you help seniors, I really want to close the show out today and make sure people know about the care side that both Angela and her team have at assisted living locators and how we're all here to help seniors. So while it's neat to get a paycheck and sleep well and provide for our families, let's all remember the care side. And you really uh, emphasized that a few months back. So thank you very much, Angela Olea. We're wrapping up the show today, folks. Um, Angela, any last words for our audience or how can they find you? How can they find you guys? I should ask. Assistedlivinglocators.com if they are looking for assisted living and if they're looking for a franchise opportunity, it's assistedlivinglocatorsfranchise.com. 
Very good. Zach, any final words for today? No, that's it. It's been really great to, to hear about the story and your own personal story and the, the growth of your company. So, And about the dancing, too. So <laughs> thank you for, uh, thank you for uh, sharing and, and sitting down with us today. Definitely. So if you guys are having a conference and need some entertainment, uh, <laughs> make sure you throw a dance party and, uh, and Angela will jump right in. I also want to give a thank you to Angelica for joining us today and helping get us set up. Uh, also, Ryan at your organization who helped coordinate this morning when we arrived. And also our colleague, Joey, um, who's here in the room today. Uh, who photographer did some... extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, photographer <laughs> extraordinaire. Joey Jacob Ellis is uh, on our day job, our managing director here in Arizona, and he helped uh, get us set up today and uh, took some photos for us. So folks, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more about Assisted Living Locators, again, that site, Angela is? AssistedLivingLocators.com. Very good. So if you're looking for care for a loved one or if you're looking to join um, in the business world, in the senior care industry, check that out. And folks, if you like today's show, want to learn more about Pop Health Podcast, check us out at pophealthpodcast.com. You can find us there or on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you want to learn more about the show or you have some guests in mind, uh, feel free to reach out to Zach or I by emailing info at pophealthpodcast.com. Thanks, everybody. Take care.